I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. All righty. Hello, Madigan. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing okay. I threw my neck out, so I'm in a lot of pain. How did you throw your neck out? Keegan, nothing has to happen for me for that to happen. I was actually just thinking the other day how lucky... I've been that my spine has been behaving for this entire pandemic that I didn't have to go see the chiropractor or anything. So I was kind of just like being really thankful for all of that. And then, of course, like I kind of felt a rib go out of place in my upper back. And I was like, well, that's not good. So I just kind of tried to like work it out on like wall corners and stuff. And it just wasn't working. And then, of course, I just couldn't move my neck one morning. So I had a really horrendous experience with a chiropractor today. Did you see what I posted to the story on our Instagram page today? I did indeed, yes. Oh my God. So I'm not going to tell the whole story, but like my chiropractor, when I turned around for him to finish adjusting me, had his mask only around his mouth. It's not good. No. And he's like in my face. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I've had an eye appointment recently, and um, it's very important not only for you, but for them. That's kind of the thing that I don't understand is like 
they're being exposed to how many people every single day. Exactly. Um, in the job they're doing, and they're being exposed in a very intimate way where they're having to be very close with strangers. And in closed and, doors. I yes. felt so uncomfortable. Like, I was laying down, I was laying face down in one of those, like, massage tables or whatever, and they had the paper over it. And I still kept my mask on, though, because I was like, just in case, like, I don't want my, like, nose and my mouth to, like, touch the paper and just, like, kept my eyes squeezed shut. I like, couldn't breathe. It was awful. <laughs> but I got through it. I survived. But the thing is, is that, like, I couldn't even get the full adjustment that I wanted because I was so distracted by the fact that this man wasn't wearing his mask correctly and then fucking had the balls to, like, talk down to me. He was like, oh, well, do you know the statistics of your age group with getting sick? And I I'm like, literally don't care. <sighs> you don't know me, sir. That's the other part of this is like he doesn't actually know you. He doesn't know your medical history. So he can't possibly know whether or not you are immune deficient in some way. Right. Like for him to just assume. First of all, it's fucked up any any way you dice it. California, there is a mask mandate. Firstly, right. um, secondly, like he absolutely can't determine your health simply by your age. Exactly. And the and just also like just the way he was talking down to me just really pissed me off. Like, well, do you know the stats? I'm like, don't the stats don't talk matter to me. It, yeah, lit I'm like, it literally doesn't matter. It's not about like it, it's not about information and how much information I have. Yeah, it, exactly. it doesn't matter. Ugh, it was just such a frustrating experience. And my neck still hurts. So that's where I am. Uh, how are you, Miss Keegan? Well, it looks like a dystopian nightmare outside. It the world has is ending. Like, yes, it has looked like dusk all day. So for yes. people who don't live on the West Coast right now, um, and we are going to talk about this in a moment, but yeah. pretty much all of the West Coast, so um, Washington, Oregon, California, I was just in Lake Arrowhead last weekend, and the El Dorado fire, which we are going to discuss in a moment, yep. the El Dorado fire is kind of up in that area, yeah. and the sky was orange, and I was staying at a house that has this kind of like wraparound deck, yeah. and the deck was, I, I shared it to my Instagram stories because the deck was covered in ash my car oh, was yeah covered it looks in like ash. snow yeah it's it's i mean and you know for people again who don't live on the west coast particularly in california we experience fires every year and unfortunately that's just kind of like a sad reality of something that we live with it's yeah. fire season and it's something that we live with um however <laughs> it is still surprising to me after living in los angeles for like nine years almost 10 years, it's still surprising to me to go outside and see everything covered, you know, the the, the deck, ash the, on the, the cars. The hoods of everybody's cars, mm -hmm. you know, on top of all the houses. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It very much looks like snow, but everything is on fire. Do you and remember, everything smells like a campfire. Yeah. Do you remember the one, I think it was in 2017, I looked it up, there was one that you could see, like, in North Hollywood super well, like... Do you remember our last live show? Remember live shows? Um, um, <laughs> when there was a fire that night. I totally forgot about that. It took, like, didn't it take Anthony, like, way extra time to get there? It took me about two hours to get there. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was. So let's talk about 
how this big California fire started, because if this isn't like tied into feminist news in some way, I don't know what is like the the spectacle of it, I think, takes away from the tragedy of it in some way. But I still have to find it very ironic that it was a gender reveal party that set off this horrendous fire and I was reading well, it's not the first time either. No. this is like the second or third time that a gender reveal party has started a fire I think this is the biggest one I uh, think the one in Arizona might have been bigger but I'm not sure maybe this one is bigger now I can't remember I don't know but there was one in um, Arizona in 2017 and, and one there's in a Florida. photo of it the one where like you see the blue smoke go out and everything and it's just you know if there is a sign that these what one of our listeners messaged into us genital parties need to stop it's this like they need to stop (laughs) well it's like you wouldn't be lighting off fireworks in a dry area of california um you know during what we know again like i'm telling you like i've lived in los angeles for almost 10 years like we know what fire season is we know the devastation it can cause it has taken out people's homes it has destroyed habitats for animals this isn't new it shouldn't be surprising so why are you doing anything that involves sparks fire well exactly it's just it's such a silly stupid reason and it's one family it just to me it just seems so selfish so stupid, well, I mean, so idiotic. I, I understand I that they most likely had no idea that this was going to happen. Of course not. It, like, they're not um, malicious people, I'm sure. It's not but like it is just incredibly stupid. And and the reasoning behind it is just so stupid to me. It's like it was just the family, you know, it wasn't like a big party or anything. I mean, I guess thankfully, because it could have been dangerous. But it's like, come on, what for? What for? Well, and here's the thing. We we had a whole conversation. We might have even had a whole episode. We did. Did we? Did we? We, we had, had a whole, whole episode, episode about gender reveal parties. You're right. Children. Yeah, and we talked about gender reveal parties in that episode. And um, while I know it isn't malicious, and if you want to do it, you know, our stance is very clear on like how we feel about gender reveal parties. We won't have them. And I, I just don't think that there's a real point in having a basically not even a gender, a sex. Reveal right. Party. Uh, one of our um, listeners uh, messaged us saying that her friend calls it a genital reveal party. Right. Yeah. Because that truly is what it is. Um, so while you and I are not rushing out to have these parties, I whatever like there's so much that's mysterious about having a baby and if this is something that is helping you cope with that or whatever but if you're going to do it there are so many ways that are non-destructive that I don't understand needing right get a cake pop some balloons I don't understand blowing shit up (laughs) to be like my kid has a see I read something about that where there's like a lot of toxic masculinity surrounding it. Like I read a story about another, you know, incident gone wrong where they were like shooting at like targets that had explosives in it. That's the one in um, Arizona. Yeah. He was a border patrol agent. And it was just so, it was like, like even if it's a girl, we're still doing it tough. Like, I don't know. There's just something so icky about it to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess the point is that they don't know the, 
the sex of the child. So to me, I, I heard the toxic masculinity argument and I wasn't sure if I was completely on board with that. I think to me, it's more of people are, we're living in this very digital age where we need all this social media validation and people just keep trying to come up with things to top someone else's gender reveal party. And what could be more like big and ostentatious than literally blowing something up and it being like a smoke in whichever color, you know what I mean? So uh, it's just, it's, I heard that Gavin Newsom, who is our governor, is going to try to make the family pay for the damages of this fire. I hope that they do have to pay for it. I mean, again, I know that their intent wasn't to do what they did, but regardless, people have lost their homes in a pandemic, in the middle of a fucking pandemic, where a lot of times people don't have other places to go. Um, animals have lost their habitats. It's a fucking nightmare. Like we have, yeah. I mean, firefighters out there. Like air quality is terrible again during a respiratory pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the whole idea of setting anything on fire right now is so ridiculous, and it really does look so unbelievably scary outside I was also reading and I didn't read the whole article so I'm not gonna like get into this but you were mentioning all the firefighters I was reading about this like work program for prisoners where they send prisoners into like super dangerous jobs for like a dollar an hour mm-hmm. slavery yeah, ex- yeah but like they were talking about how they've got just like thousands and thousands and thousands of prisoners right now fighting these fires for a fucking dollar an hour it's so infuriating Right. I did hear um, as some maybe possibly good news. I did hear that they are considering um, implementing something where it would take years off of their sentence to be doing this. So there's that at least. But I mean, the fact that we rely on incarcerated people to be doing these jobs in the first place, essentially against their will, (laughs) is... um, really gross and something that we should be thinking about a lot more. Oh, definitely. I mean, and that was something that just kind of brought a very, like, relevant example of it to the forefront because it's something that's been discussed a lot during this time, you know, the idea of, like, modern-day slavery. So that was just kind of, like, a very modern uh, way that it's presenting itself right now, which is just incredibly upsetting. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, well, I wanted to talk pretty quickly I mean we'll see how quick it is but this is something that happened I think yesterday our time so we're recording on a Thursday so Wednesday the 9th is when this kind of came out and it is that Bob Woodward who Mm. is a um writer at the Washington Post, he released a bunch of tapes from interviews that he had been having with Trump in February and March. So he had been having interviews with Trump uh, for a book that he was going to be writing. I don't know if he's still writing that or not. I'm not sure. I mean, I think think that the book is either like coming out or just came out because I was talking about this with Max and he was kind of saying like, why did he wait to tell us all of this stuff until the book was coming out? Yeah, it, it well, 
because, because. <laughs> that's the way these people yeah. are. Yeah, that's it's true. I mean, everybody like these things come out and there's always like a subset of people who are like, what a hero. And it's like, mm, really? <laughs> because it's it's the same way I felt about how when there was like anonymous in the in the White House yeah. who was releasing things to the New York Times. And we were all like an American patriot. And it's like, is he, though? Because he's not actually doing anything. He's sitting there telling us how bad it is, but he won't release his or her name yeah. to the public. And he didn't do anything to stop it. So are you brave? Right. Probably well, not. Well, and another um, really cool fun fact about, well, I don't know if it's cool, but another fun fact about Bob Woodward here is that he also broke the Watergate scandal. So he's been around for a while. Did you, I listened to, uh, clips of it through Apple News. They have like a nine minute kind of thing where they. I did, yes. I did listen to clips of it, not through Apple News, but I did listen to parts yeah, of it. Yeah, it is. Um, I gotta say, it is a very different Donald Trump in the recordings of those interviews than the Donald Trump that is presenting himself to the country right yes, now. Yes and no to me because it. it Okay, so let's just talk about it so that like people know exactly what we're okay. talking about. So back in February, Trump was all over our TV screens, basically just downplaying this virus altogether by saying it was going to disappear by April, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in March, he actually compared the country's coronavirus deaths to the flu's annual death toll. He said on Twitter that nothing is shut down. Life in the economy must go on. He basically said this like multiple times throughout March. Yeah, well, and he has continued to, you know, kind of play it down and even say that he's played it down. He says that he wants to be the country's cheerleader and doesn't want to put people in a panic and yada, yada, yada. And that's kind of his excuse as to why well, he's right. like okay, so, sugarcoating things. Well, but at the time, <laughs> again, like this is our, like it or not, not for most yeah. people. This is our president. So if he is standing up in front of people and saying there's nothing to be worried about, this is going to go away soon, it's just like the flu, there's going to be a large percentage of people who believe him. Yes. And as it turns out, he knew how bad this virus was all along. Yeah. He just didn't care about you. Well, that's you. the thing. Like, that, that's it's the like thing. on the tapes... He says, he's like, it goes through the air, Bob. Like, he sounds, like, very nervous about it right at the top from what I heard. And, you know, he talks about how it's more deadly than even the most strenuous flus. Um, and then, you know, like we said, immediately flipped and played dumb, you know, asking doctors questions that he already knew the answers to and making it sound, you know, like it wasn't as bad as it really was. Right. It's difficult to know what's going on with like inside Donald Trump's brain, because I think all of us has just assumed that he was an idiot, yeah. which he is. But he's not dumb in the way that we thought he was dumb. He's not ignorant about he wasn't ignorant about the virus, the virus, yeah. the way that he made it seem like he was, you know, so uh, it's just like, it's such a strange thing. So Woodward conducted 18 on-the-record interviews with the president between last December and this July. And so those excerpts of, of the conversations that we are talking about right now, they were published um, yesterday, our time, so Wednesday. And he says that he was eager to downplay the coronavirus outbreak as to not alarm Americans. And you can actually hear him in these tapes. He says... 
I wanted to play it down. I still like playing it down because I don't want to create panic. And he said this on March 19th. So basically the first weekend that we in California, at least, were on lockdown. Exactly. So when he was asked why he didn't take more preemptive measures based on his understanding of the virus, because clearly he had an understanding of the right. virus, he said, quote, you didn't really think it was going to be the point where it was. Oh, God. Which I don't understand that because literally he just said that he got how bad yeah. it was. So it, it, it's this is the problem with him is because in one conversation, he can talk out of both sides of his yeah. mouth and then you have no clue what the fuck he's talking about. But he acknowledged again, he had acknowledged just the month before in the conversation with Woodward how easily transmissible the disease yeah. was. So like he... He knew that's what's so difficult. And he still in pure, true Trump fashion refuses to take any responsibility for the 200,000 COVID deaths in the United States. And he went on Fox News after Bob Woodward released these tapes and said, quote, it's amazing what we've done. Talking about how good of a job they've done. Oh, God. It's it's wild. It's, and then yeah. his press secretary was obviously scrambling to try and clean up the mess because she delayed their um, press briefing that she had scheduled by an hour. She showed up an hour late. So she was clearly trying to figure out how to spin yeah. this. And she said, um, quote, the, tr- the president has never lied to the American public on COVID, never downplayed the virus, despite him literally saying that he downplayed that he it. chose to downplay it. Yes. Uh, that's the thing it's is, insane. I wonder if his base is going to be watching and listening to those tapes. No. Because no. they're damning. No, they're, they're going so to get damning. their. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think so. To get their information from Fox News, who has Trump on saying, I didn't do this thing that I obviously did because it's on right. tape. And they're going to get their information from his press secretary, who again is saying the same thing. He didn't say this thing that he said that we have him on tape saying. Oh, so. my God. Right. Uh, And so you have Joe Biden, um, who, of course, took this moment, as any smart politician would, to come forth and condemn Trump um, in Michigan. He said that his remarks to Woodward represented, quote, a life and death betrayal of the American people. And then he said, quote, he knowingly and willingly lied about the threat the coronavirus posed to the country for months. He had the information. He knew how dangerous it was. And while this deadly disease ripped through our nation, he failed to do his job on purpose. That's something that you and I, I feel like, have said since the beginning. It's like he knew, like he knew this was coming. He had the information, yet he chose to leave us in the dark, to leave us in a panic, you know, to leave us within the first, you know, month and a half of the pandemic to a place where we were panicking. People were literally buying millions of rolls of toilet paper. It was insanity. Like, I don't think he did a very good job about calming people down. No, he didn't. I mean, and up until this point, I think I kind of believed that it was pure ignorance on his part. Like, I just thought that he was 
stupid. <laughs> right. And that, yes, he had these experts around him the same way that he doesn't listen to them about climate change or about anything exactly. else. But as it turns out, because Trump has, he's a megalomaniac. Like, he thinks that he's smarter than he is. Um, he's a narcissist. And so I just assumed that he was just ignoring the information. But actually, he was taking in the information. Oh, yeah. He just didn't care, didn't want to do because he the thing about him is that he cares more about the way he is perceived and his popularity. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about especially in an election year. Yeah, he's looking at what's going to make his base the happiest in order to get the most votes come November. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a fucking nightmare. But I wanted to end on something slightly less terrible i mean it stems from something terrible but here we go so we told a story or you brought up a story on one of our what's in the news episodes last month about the three transgender women here in los angeles who had been attacked in hollywood so this story is slightly older um this happened on the 1st of September. But since we covered these attacks, I thought that it would be important to mention that two men have been charged with a hate crime for attacking these women in Hollywood. So, yes, Uh, which is amazing. So it's more than just these men have been attacked with uh, attacked. These men have been um, convicted, arrested for assault or anything like that. They were actually they are actually being charged with a hate crime. Officials have charged two people in a video recorded attack on three transgender women, Eden the Doll, who is a like social media celebrity kind yeah. of, um, Jaslyn White Rose and Jocelyn Flawless. So this attack happened back in August and the prosecutors accused 29-year-old Carlton Alexander Calloway of befriending the victims earlier in the day and then later assaulting them with a steel rod near Hollywood Boulevard and Wilcox Avenue. That is so terrifying. Can you imagine like meeting somebody earlier in the day, kind of hitting it off? Like, I don't know if they did or not, but it sounds like it might have been. I I think it it was fine. Like, I think they had met earlier in the day. It had been fine. And then from what I read, he kind of like spotted them later in the night, asked them to like buy him something. Yeah, that's like, and then that just sounds like premeditation to me too, especially since he met them earlier. Yeah, because they refused to, well, no, they didn't refuse. They went and they bought him the thing that he wanted and then he refused to pay them for it. And from what I read, it sounded like the three women were like, okay, fine, like whatever. And like just trying to walk away. The way that so many women, you know, even if you've been wronged or slighted by someone to avoid being attacked (laughs) you'll just de-escalate the situation by being like you know what fine like let's just get out of here and that's kind of what it sounded like they were doing then davion anthony williams who is 22 allegedly joined the attack using a ride a rideshare scooter and then he also stole from one of the women during the attack so lapd captain steve laurie said the assailants made quote horrible derogatory remarks about the women prompting the hate crime investigation. So it was the fact that all of this was caught on tape, which, by the way, I didn't realize how fucking terrible it is. 
because this was all caught on tape and shared across social media. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of people around, too. The video is absolutely heartbreaking. And no, everybody's just like laughing at them. It's horrible. Again, I mean, I, I barely watched any of it. I do not encourage anyone to watch it because I do think it's it's triggering. However, it did help in apprehending these individuals. Right. So it's good that it existed. Um. So with tips from the public from this video, including some LGBTQ activists who got involved, Callaway was arrested three days after the incident took place. So he was found in Bakersfield. It's unclear when they detained Williams, but they did arrest them both. Callaway could face up to 13 years and four months in prison if convicted, and Williams could face up to eight years and four months in Good. prison. They are yeah, they're continuing to investigate this case. But I did read in this article that at least 27 people who are transgender or gender nonconforming were killed in the U.S. in 2019. We've had this conversation. Right. That number is much, much higher, almost yeah. definitely. Um, most of them are black. Again, we've had this conversation. But what I didn't and I don't know why they're saying this but officials expect a higher toll this year oh gosh i mean tensions are really high political tensions are high i wonder if there's something like just in the atmosphere like that sounds very like profile to me you know what i mean just with the trends of how you know the political atmosphere and climate are that doesn't really surprise yeah. me but it is still kind of a shocking thing to hear Right. Yeah. It's hard to hear it kind of like in those terms, because I don't know if they are saying that because every single year it's gone right. up. And so they're just estimating that because it's gone up every year that it will continue to do so right. this year. Or if there is a specific reason because of the um, tensions that we're currently experiencing. I mean, probably in this country, just in general, all of the above, you know, because it does seem to be getting worse. And this year, everybody's just angry. You know, at least these people were found. Yeah. Um, that's good. They've been arrested and they have been um, arrested on charges of, of hate crime, which is not always guaranteed. Yeah. So fingers crossed that there is justice yes, served exactly. in this case. When you covered this before, we weren't sure if there was going. to Yeah. Be. I mean, so. there was even, you know, just getting them to take the the case seriously and get the cops on board to investigate it was a bit of a struggle to begin with so the fact that they're at this point is fantastic I mean yes we have a long way to go but every every little victory like in some way just makes me feel just slightly better during this time but I mean and to be honest not to put a damper on things but if Eden the doll had not had the social media following that she does have I don't know if this would have been investigated the way it was or resolved as quickly as yep, it was. Because so. I first saw the video on India Moore's Instagram. So I, I first right. saw it from, you know, like an LGBTQ plus advocate. So <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if, you know, it never would have been seen, but I'm really glad that it was. I, you know, I fully encourage everybody to always film their interactions with cops, no matter what. That doesn't mean that you should watch the videos, but I think that in this day and age, it's such an important thing to have your we phone ready. Proof. Yeah, I mean, I had a yeah. couple cops pull up 
right outside my house and I saw them just kind of start walking down the street. Even then I just took my phone. I walked outside. I just kind of watched them walk for a while just to make sure I'm like hyper distrusting, I guess. But, you know, I just feel like especially right now we have to hold people accountable. Well, and the cops in my area suck, too. We're right by a police station. It's horrible. Mm, I used to live. I mean, I used to hang out over there all the time. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If there's anything that you want to write into us, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also get us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist and follow us there. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the thing that helps us the most. We really appreciate it. And you'll be featured on our Instagram for Reviews Day Tuesday. Last but not least, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It's a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit. All right, with all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye! Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleepwave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.